we want to welcome Dan Koval to the ASA Health Podcast. When we sent Dan over an email uh, to send us his bio, he sent us by far uh, the best uh, bio to date in terms of uh, uniqueness. He sent us two sentences, owner, operator of Dan Koval Jiu-Jitsu, and I've been doing this for too long. With that said, we're excited to have Dan on the show to discuss all things jiu-jitsu, health, uh, strength training, and life in general. Dan, welcome to the show. I want to take a moment and thank our show sponsors, Lombardi Chiropractic, Suttmeyer Law Firm, and Native Path Supplements. These are companies we personally use and trust. Mention the Co-Movement Gym podcast when you call Lombardi Chiropractic or Suttmeyer Law Firm. And not only will they treat you like family, they will provide a nice, enticing discount to all listeners. And use code COMO15, that's C-O-M-O-15 at checkout when shopping at nativepath.com and receive 15% off all of your orders. Your support to our show sponsors assists in us paying for expenses and continuing to provide content we hope you all enjoy. Welcome to the Co-Movement Gym Podcast, where we inspire people to move and live courageously. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, thanks a lot. How you doing, man? You're good. How's everything with you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. I, uh, I'm super pumped to have you on the show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about jujitsu, grappling, uh, health and fitness, and um, I know you're an expert in uh, some of these fields here, so let's dive right in. So uh, for listeners um, who don't know what jujitsu is, can you give them a brief uh, description of what that is? Yeah, sure. There's no problem. Uh, well, the way that I like to describe jujitsu is very simple and straightforward. Uh, it's unarmed combat and it should encompass everything, meaning grappling to striking. You see jujitsu, um, Brazilian jujitsu in, in particular, what we're talking about um, is, is become sport oriented, meaning that when you see it or when people are discussing it, most of the time, it's either uh, with regards to mixed martial art or jujitsu competitions in and of itself. And when it's jujitsu competitions in and of itself, it is primarily focused on just the ground part of it. So there is emphasis on takedowns like Olympic wrestling or judo. Uh, but then primarily most of the the activity happens on the ground. So there's a lot of static positions looking to pin the, the person. So then you can control them to then submit them. And that's really what it is in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. So when you say submit, um, are, so can you explain what that is to, uh, to people who aren't quite aware of that? Cause I know, that, you know, a lot of people might be thinking, you know, a knockout or, you know, in karate, like there's points, you know, what's a submission? Sure. Submission is a, either a joint lock or a, a strangulation choke of some sort. So occluding the blood and oxygen going to the brain or extending a limb or compromising a joint to the point that it potentially may be, um, you know, destroyed one way, whether it be the, the soft tissue, connective tissue or the actual bone itself breaking. Mm -hmm. And now they tap out, right? Most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. people, some people ride that all the way to the uh, to the uh, other side, the ether, and they see their grandparents. And they fall 
or they uh, or they end up with a, a broken limb of some sort, which is never advisable. No, it's not worth it. Those things are not worth it. That's the reason tapping exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I always think of it as like human chess, and uh, you know, you have complete control over your outcome as long as you don't let your ego get in the way. <laughs> yeah, people people compare it to chess, and I always and I always if have um, always said to people, I go, I understand why people have used that analogy over the years, but I go, I really find that that it's it's not as accurate as people want it to be not because there's not there's not things that run parallel to each other in it but i think it's far more in in when explaining it to people and trying to explain it to people in terms of what to expect physically at least because i understand the movement part meaning you do one move the other person does something back and forth back and forth but i that i feel like that's there's a lot of parallels like that in, in almost everything and especially sports but i always try to equate it to swimming Jiu-jitsu is very similar to swimming. You're gonna you're going to learn how to do a lot of different movements. Some will feel really natural. Some will feel like man, I really don't know what I'm doing quite yet. Um, when things are going bad, it feels like you're drowning. Mm-hmm. And when things are going well, it feels seamless and it feels like you've been doing this your entire life. So I think that is a little easier for people when you're when you're introducing them to it and when you're going to kind of give them something to. Um, anticipate it's like yeah it's just it's very similar to swimming in terms of the energy that you're going to waste doing things wrong in terms of the feeling that you're going to have when things are not going your way and then when things are starting to get better you're going to start feeling like it's a a little easier you're in the shallow end of a a pool somewhere Mm -hmm. well i've never heard that analogy but i i can appreciate that definitely um i do a lot of swimming in the summertime um open water swimming And, um, yeah, I can see like when you're in that flow state, you're right. It's like effortless when you're swimming and same thing, doing rounds of jujitsu, you know, if you're, you know, a step ahead, um, you know, for the most part, you're using a lot less energy, um, as opposed to in the beginning, um, you know, you're sort of, uh, like you said, drowning. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. And you find people do irrational things uh in in jiu-jitsu when when things are going bad very similar to like when they're drowning they they'll reach out they'll pull the person in and drown them as well that's mm-hmm. trying to save them and so on and so forth so you know I, I think that's a little easier at least when you're trying to explain something when it comes mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. to people who, who don't have any context yet i like that a lot i like that how does um jiu-jitsu differ from karate well you know again this is without getting you know roundabout contentious about it, because it's very simple to, to to they both share certain things mm-hmm. but karate is a striking martial art meaning the fundamental basis of it is is to punch and kick now that doesn't mean there's not grappling aspects of it because there is but the fundamental is a punch kick where jiu-jitsu is to the the fundamental aspect of it is to grapple the person, which is just to wrestle them basically. And then to submit the person. And again, everyone talks about the submission part of it, but the the control is really the differential, especially in what we consider, what we'd consider jujitsu now, because, you know, if the emphasis is so much on the submission, you cannot do that very effectively without controlling the person. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I so, resonate with that tremendously, Dan. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So without, without that control, like that's really what it comes down to. So it's a grappling aspect to getting control more than anything. And here's the other thing about it too, because this is why when I was mentioning it, uh, to begin with, it really was for like unarmed combat was be able to control the person and then do whatever you had to do to subdue the person. So again, we, we now see it amongst the sporting context that the sport of jujitsu and mixed martial arts more than anything. But, you know, when it was first used, it was for, you know, unarmed combat amongst uh, the warrior class, if they lost their weapon, uh, because if you don't have the control, you couldn't do whatever you needed to do, whether it's, you know, capture the person or strike them or kill them. You know, that's, that was the whole premise of it. It's like, you really had a discretion where karate really you're just kicking and punching doesn't mean there isn't clinching or some grappling aspect to it but again jujitsu is definitely more about the grappling aspect and be able to control the person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have you seen a trend um i i've seen i've even seen this in fitness gyms but i've definitely seen it in martial arts where you have let's take business one let's say they teach karate um they're in it for the the money and the profit and they promote you know based on attendance um and it's sort of on a time schedule like if you sign up for my school in five years you will be a black belt right pay me 250 a month for five years on this contract and you're a black belt Mm -hmm. versus what i've seen with the schools that what i would consider are legit it's just based on improvement right and like effort and you know dedicating yourself to the practice and it's not so much about promotions based on a time scale have you seen that yeah so i've seen it both ways um to an extent so jujitsu really uh, i have never seen them use that all the way until the end meaning they'll use a a attendance based uh program lack of a better term program i guess to do um, promotions up to a certain level to like blue belt. So white to blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. And they, it's a really easy way for people because they, they, they typically go, well, if the person's coming X amount of time within this year or something like that, that person should be a blue belt mm-hmm. normally. And, and that, so they just use the attendance spacing there. And then after that, I, I don't really know how many people use the attendance space to then promote i have never really heard that past that doesn't mean that they still don't keep the attendance with all the different types of um membership software that they have mm-hmm. but that i haven't heard anyone use that to go forward promoting people after like blue belt mm-hmm. typically but yeah. what I, but what i have seen is they'll they'll use that and they'll and then what they'll do is they almost kind of <clears throat> stop midi- like they'll stop watching people as, as closely, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they don't promote, pe- they, they don't give people very clear path forward sometimes. So then it becomes kind of difficult for people to get um, promoted accordingly. And they don't really talk to them and stuff like that. So then they may revert back to <laughs> checking the membership, <laughs> like how many times has the person been coming and things like that. But then I think that it gets kind of like a jumbled mess. I don't, no one really admits to stuff like that, but I don't, I don't know if it does or doesn't happen, but I know in some other martial arts, it is very like, uh, 
yeah, you come X amount of times and they're going to kind of give it to you because that's the difference between um, jujitsu, the way that we're talking about it, than a lot of other martial arts is it's so, I wouldn't say performance-based because I don't know if that's really fair, but I would say it's it's really because you are, the emphasis is so much on live training, meaning you're going to actually use training in class a, a large percentage of the time, um, the the progress is tangible, right? You can see people getting better. You can feel people getting better and things like that. So it doesn't even, it doesn't require the other type of stuff. Like um, what do people do? They test for belts in other martial arts and things like that. Which, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing like that in jujitsu. Well, there, I guess there is because some, some people do stuff like that, but you know, vast majority that's not the case because you are so you are training all the time you actively training all the time sure sure yeah i yeah that that difference is quite large um feeling the students out in terms of their progress and you know in a live um in live rounds versus you know we've had a handful of clients or more throughout the years here at our gym where you know, they are, um, you know, let's say, uh, I don't even know, a brown belt in karate or taekwondo. And, you know, they, their instructor says, you know, nine more months and you're be, you're on track for the black belt, you know, based on, you know, katas and whatnot. And I, I have respect for that, for what it is with the art. But to me, it's almost like, um, you know, it's, it's not quite as authentic because is that person improving truly over that time frame to go to Brown to black, or is it just on a time schedule? You know? Um, yeah. Well, you so. know, that's crazy thing about that is it's so disingenuous, not only it, and when I talk to, to my students, anyone that comes and visits the gyms and, or, you know, when I'm training other places or teaching seminars and things like that, I really try to explain to people. It's like, listen, the the a lot of the things that people view this activity through is kind of like a real small really small prism comparatively to what i'm trying to help people with meaning what i'm trying to prepare people for is to be able to protect themselves and their families if if it comes down to it that's why unlike a lot of other places and because my my background is judo which is the emphasis on the throwing takedown part of grappling like it's to protect yourself because when you're really going to need this, it's going to be in a situation that is going to be, you know, potentially like you're going to get harmed. Someone that you care about is going to get harmed, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Winning a tournament on the weekend or preparing for an MMA event or something like that is, is a huge part of people's lives. And I'm not diminishing that. At all. I still compete even at my age. I love it. Um, there's a tremendous amount of value there, but that's not, if I'm not preparing you, the point being is if I'm not preparing you to be able to actually use this in real time against a resistant opponent, I'm leaving a lot on the table. So not to diminish what people are doing in other martial arts, which may or may not be, you know, as, as, um, physically challenging as grappling is jujitsu is if they're not doing the physicality part of it, like, so if they're not sparring and they're not actually you know, having that physical resisting opponent, like what I always wonder to myself, I go, what are you doing it for? And then it kind of like spirals out. Like, 
well, do you like it just for the pageantry of it, like putting on a uniform or whatever the circumstance may be? And then, um, you know, if that's again, this is not judgment. I just like this is just what I think. I, I always think I go because then I, again, I'm like, you know, I, I'm just it, it concerns me when I hear certain certain way people do things or the activities they're involved in because it's very snake oily sounding. Yep. And it's, and it's like, you know, you really want to see these people get the most out of their time and their money. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to see them with a false sense of security either. Like, man, I hope this person doesn't think they can defend themselves if they're not actually training. Mm-hmm. It's great to be like, you know, making noises and wearing a uniform. But at that point, you're just LARPing if you're not actually training. You know, it's, you might as well be wearing like a Star Wars uniform or something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that, Dan. Um, totally. What interested you uh, years ago with grappling? Uh, just since I was a little kid, I, I've just been involved in like that. So I, it, it's hard to even say because it's it's been in my life for that long. So I don't even know how to how to even like explain it to people as in like, oh, well, I did this or I saw that or I, you know, my xyz told me to do i've just been doing it since i was a little kid and it's always been an affinity that i've had to it um i i I think i think grappling um you know is very natural for every just about like every living creature (laughs) every animal um you see it in you know like legitimate animals grapple each other all the time and stuff like that i think it's just one of the most um natural and normal forms of uh you know i try always try not to make it sound like everyone like grappling is always just like crazed activity because i want more people to be able to get into it but it's you know it's combat and and again but it's it's one of those things that you can do and that's why you see people at older ages doing it still live Mm -hmm. because when you talk about it with people you can do it from a very early age all the way up into a very advanced age not because um not because people are taking it easy on you. And that's what I always tell people. I go like that person's not taking it easy on them per se. That person who is either the the little person or the little, little like human, the child or the older adult, they're going as hard as they can. Their training partner is cooperating with them. Like sure. they're, they're training to their level too. Like, but they may not be like going above what that person can do. So the great thing about it is, is like everyone can train to their capability. So that everyone keeps training where you really can't doesn't mean you cannot box in the way that you can hit the bag, hit mitts. You can still do foot drills. You can still do a lot of movement drills. You can still do a tremendous amount of what you would do in boxing, except for the actual boxing part. When you get a little older, like getting struck in the body in the head mm-hmm. after a certain ages, like it's going to be very difficult to do that with, um, with a tremendous level of, um, physicality meaning like really pushing your heart rate really getting the exercise portion of it and that's also what i what i talk about when it when it comes to my students i go listen everyone's here for different reasons you you may be here for the self-defense aspect or you may be here for the camaraderie aspect or to compete or whatever but if nothing else you will exercise hard here and that's what i always say i go like if that's nothing else like you'll always be able to exercise hard Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. About, sorry about the uh, grizzly bear dog of mine. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. good yeah. Um, looking at jujitsu as a lifelong sport 
and meeting your maybe opponent or training partner with where they at, are at with capabilities. I think that's um, that's an important aspect, um, especially when you're talking about good training partners versus bad training partners, right? Because me and you sure. both know the difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've seen, I've seen many videos, 60s and even some 70 year olds, even maybe 80, I'm not sure, but 60s and 70s for sure, still doing roles, um, yeah. which is like, you know, inspiring to me at 39, you know, I'm like, man, if I can still be doing this 20 years from now and, you know, having fun and, you know, being able to defend myself, like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I think, it, I think it adds a tremendous amount of value to people's lives because they get involved in this sport and it's something that they don't have to go like, well, I guess I can't do that anymore. I'll start golfing or something like that. They don't ever have to put it down if they don't want to. And what I mean when I say that, and or what, what I should really emphasize when I say that is because people will go like, well, I had to have a shoulder replacement or something like that. It's like, okay. And they're like, well, you know, I, I could never play football again with a shoulder replacement. It's like, okay, but you can do this. Because there's a lot of people that you go, hey, I had my shoulder replaced. You tell them that and they be, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best not to wrench on that arm and you'll be able to train or you'll be able to avoid certain positions. And like you'll explain it to me and people will cooperate with you because that person may be in your shoes in the future and they'll still want to train. So they'll look at that. They'll look at that person that is compromised in whatever way and they'll be like, Okay, well, this this person I know I can do X, Y, Z with, and this will be a more of a rest round if they're a younger like uh, competitor or something like that. But they'll still appreciate the value they'll be able to get from training with that person. It's the same thing I tell people when they're when they're a little banged up. Maybe they twisted their ankle or something, and they can't do takedowns or they can't do leg locks or something like that. It's like, listen, come in and do what you can. Maybe you can still uh, just escape certain positions for the entire practice but you can still train with people, meaning there's all different types of ways to be able to modify your training, to still be able to, to keep in mind whatever limitations you may have temporarily, or even going forward, that may be more of a permanent scenario. And I think with that in mind, that is not making training easy. It's cooperating with people and their limitations sometimes going forward. And again, that's where I'm not a big proponent of people going jujitsu is for everybody because what that means is that like you're, you're taking into consideration everybody's emotional mm-hmm. standpoint, which is the big part of it. That's, that's really jujitsu is like, everyone can do jujitsu. It's not for everybody. They may not like it. And to try to make everybody like it and to change training. So everyone likes it is not fair to people. You have to create a standard and people have to meet that standard. And that standard really is, do the best you can. And if people are doing that, then, you know, then they can train forever. But I think a lot of times um, people either allow the fact that they can't do what they used to do to get in the way and they may want not want to do it anymore or some other things that it's frustrating because it's very difficult, as you can attest to. You know how tremendously challenging that it can be. You know, but I think that's for most people, that's why they like it is because it's ever-changing. Um it's never the same. Even if you train with the same group of people for years and years and years, people will get better. So you'll have to get better. And then because you got better, they'll have to get better. And all these changes and amendments are made to people's games and abilities because everyone's changing. 
in addition, people are getting older too. So their bodies are changing. So then your capabilities change accordingly and you'll have to figure out different ways of doing things because you still like trying to do this certain. So to me, it's an ever-changing kind of puzzle that I think is tremendously fun. And I think that's what the challenge is. And again, talking about people doing it forever, you can do it forever if you really look at it that way. Where some other stuff, the kid that played college football probably is not playing, (laughs) probably not playing pickup tackle football in his 40s sure you know it's just not it's just not probable in most people Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely a piece there um you know i want to see what you what you think but you mentioned like grappling being like it's sort of in our dna right Mm -hmm. like primal um you know we did it as you know spartans and samurais and we did it for thousands of years and animals do it you know daily um you know but now like we live in a world that is so filled with luxury and comfort and Netflix and unlimited food and heat in our homes and, you know, very little, or at least the perception of very little danger, right. When we're at the store out in public, like why should someone be interested in honing that skill set grappling? So again, but you know, like what we were talking before, when I mentioned before equating it to swimming, Mm-hmm. It, it's a life skill. Okay. And this is another reason that I always use swimming versus the chest analogy when I'm explaining to people, especially when they first have an interest in it. It's life skill, meaning you may not swim every day. We live on dry land, we breathe oxygen as mammals. Um, but knowing how to swim may be the difference between life and death because we're surrounded by water. Now, that sounds dramatic, but it's the reality of the situation. If you don't know how to swim, there may be a time where you're faced with water and, and it may be over your head. And it's the same thing with learning how to defend yourself. You as a walking ambient human do not have the luxury of not being able to defend yourself to a certain level. Is anyone asking you to become you know, a champion of the UFC? No, by no stretch of the imagination. But if you look at joining a combat sports gym in the effort of just exercise, but also the secondary and tertiary effects of it is learning how to defend yourself in the small chance that you may be accosted by someone who actually looks to do you physical harm. It's so it's, it's something that you, you cannot take lightly. And it's the same, it's the way I look at swimming. You know, my, my mother was in the Navy and you had to learn how to swim from a very, very young age in my family for that sheer fact, because if you did not, you know, what if you're faced with, you know, mm-hmm. a body of water, like you're going to have to swim. So that was, that was part of it. And that, and that, that really kind of has always been the thing that I try to emphasize to people when talking about, I go again, exercise, come here, nothing else for exercise if you want, but this really could be you know the demarcation line between keeping yourself safe or not and i think again you should look at it like swimming like it's just a life skill to have and it's something that you may you may never be breaking any sort of record with but you'll want to have it if you need it mm-hmm. yeah, i i yeah that re- that resonates with me i've, I've been seeing a, a big uptick in you know 
Ivan violence, right? Like we're seeing this all over the world right now. And, you know, robberies, home invasions. And, you know, I've had more and more females approach me at the gym interested in self-defense, you know, because they're scared. And, you know, a little bit of training in the right environment can go a long ways between, (laughs) you know, drowning or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a a lot of, um, there's been a tremendous, when I say a tremendous I think it's it's difficult to even articulate it into words, but I'll but I'll say this. So, having a business in Manhattan, right, for all of these years, and now we've returned to running business back in Manhattan, and having to take the subway again and living in New York City for for as long as I have, um, I've never seen as many incidences of violence as I've seen as of late. Wow. Meaning on the news and things like that. It's it's it, I cannot overemphasize it. And it's not a way to try to fearmonger people at all. And I'm not saying like you're gonna if you visit New York City, you're gonna get attacked or something like that. That's not it's not what I'm trying to say, but I am saying that it is in the news far more often than it has been. The attacks have been way, way, way more um violent. Like a woman was just attacked with a hammer last weekend, last Friday. Um, the people that are that are down on their luck and living in the subway, for a lack of a better term, have become way more emboldened and aggressive. So the likelihood of you as a person just coming and going about your day, running into someone that is that before they may have just asked for change and called you a name. Now it's getting to the point where like physical confrontation, your spidey sense is kind of telling you that that it's that it's it's a 50 50 coin flip at this point. Um, so it, it's, again, this is not a fear mongering thing, but to your point, when you said that you've seen it and more people are kind of like, it's kind of a, you know, it's in the atmosphere. People can kind of feel it, you know, and for whatever reason that is, um, now more than ever, it, it's a really wise time to invest in, Hey, you, you know, you like lifting weights. Okay, cool. How about trying to lift somebody that's trying to resist you? That sounds like a good workout, right? Like, yeah, okay. Why don't you come over here and we're going to help you out. And, you know, we're going to give you some skills that are not only a good workout, but are going to probably be able to actually something that you can feel confident in. And again, that's the other thing too. It's like, that's why when I discuss it, especially with my, my members who are female and we talk about things, I go, listen, and I look at everyone in the room and I talk about it and I get really, really, really perturbed when my students or male going or, or, and and no one does it anymore. Like, but sometimes there'll there'll be people that are doing things like they're letting the females climb all over them or something like a jungle gym. Mm -hmm. And the female may be new. And I'm not saying like my very skilled females have been training with me for years that that will give anyone a hard time. But then the newer female, sometimes the people let them like get them in a, in a dominant position and I'll look at them and I'll yell across the gym. I'll be like, are you, you legitimately, that person has caught you in that position. Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of be like, no, I'll be like, you're not doing them any favors right now. They have to learn how little they actually know right now and how actually like how bad it can get. Because right now as a new person in this situation, they don't know anything offensively. Any, anyways, mm-hmm. they have to learn that they have to learn how to survive and neutralize a situation first before becoming offensive like this isn't this isn't a action movie like they're not going to snap their fingers and all of a sudden be able to know all this stuff that you guys have been training years to know so 
if nothing else, going into a gym now for someone to learn something like a legitimate gym, it would be good just to get a, a stark contrast of how little they actually know and how little shape they're in to do this activity. And that's another thing because the energy system that is required to do this, as you know, when you're getting ready for different events, it's different. Running and biking and being on the rower or anything else is great. And I, I live on my conditioning machines every morning. So I know how it goes. Like I still do it because you need to do it, but it doesn't have as much crossover <laughs> to combat sports as people would like to think it does. So people working out in the gym, this is for all you people right now. Those, this is for all those people that love the treadmill and don't do anything else. Or all those guys that love lifting weights and love talking about like when it's go time, they're going to see red and beat people up or whatever other nonsense they say. It's a different situation. You're not in that type of shape. And it, I'm telling you that right now. There's a reason that the, the term fighting shape exists because you can be in aesthetic shape. You can even do certain things in the gym that have certain metric markers for you. But it's different. Combat sports and preparing for fighting is completely different. And, and even in a self-defense situation. If you don't do it, you're leaving a lot on the table as a human being walking around out there. Yeah, I have found, you know, the, the number of years that I've trained in a, in a fitness setting and all the various like modalities, there isn't a lot that, well, there's nothing that crosses over to becoming a better fighter if you don't train fighting. Like Correct. there's nothing like you could have a, you know, 500 pound deadlift, run a sub five minute mile, you know, that doesn't make you that champ. If you don't know how to fight, that's its own, own skill set. Um, and you and I know, you know, the difference between someone that has no experience and then the one person, and then the person that has six months of experience is quite different. Would you agree? Yeah, it's a vast level of not only just the knowledge, which you'd be surprised at how much people can learn in that six months, but it's the level of comfort too, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of being in close proximity to somebody that's trying to hold you down or do something that you don't want them to do. You know, again, and this is it's all body manipulation, right? Whether it's from the angles itself or the pressure or whatever you're trying to do, the footwork, et cetera, et cetera, the grips. People don't understand how little they don't know until they get put in that situation. So I, I don't know if you've met my cousin, George. Yeah. Yeah. Paul. George, he's, yeah. uh, he's with, uh, at our school with Len. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've, rolled, I've rolled with him a bunch of times. Okay. So as much as I, and I've, he grew up with me, literally went to the same school and system and stuff like that. And George has been a, just a regular human. Mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. he's been plugged into just doing normal, regular human stuff. And he's very into music and he's, and he's always wanted, he's seen me as growing up. He's always seen me involved in martial arts and judo and stuff. And then MMA going through high school and everything like that. And then, you know, to my career now, and he's always wanted to do it. He's always been in the periphery yapping about it, stuff like that. And, I, and now he's relocated back up saying, I go, you know, told him which gym to join and, he joined it. And then he, the first thing he said is he's, <clears throat> he's actually really, really upset with the fact that he didn't know as little that he knew, meaning mm -hmm. he thought he was in better shape 
<laughs> yep. And he felt he was going to be able to do a lot more. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he's not a small person. Yeah, sure. He's, he's like probably 180, 175, right? Six yeah. foot. Yeah, he's he's a, not a small guy, meaning he's not a, like a diminutive person, you know? So he's someone that you would look at on the street or someone who has never trained before would look at him. Yeah, that guy could probably handle himself. And that doesn't mean they can't handle himself to a certain degree, but it's like sure. they really they don't really know how little they know until they actually step into a room where other people know what they're doing and have been training accordingly and are in that type of shape, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I always tell people, I go, listen, just try it out if you don't, if you have no other reason except for the exercise. I go, it's a different form of exercise. So you go to yoga on Monday and you go to your you know triathlon prep class on Tuesday night. Go to a combat sports gym on Wednesday, even if you go twice a week. Again, you're investing in a life skill that is going to help tremendously, even just from the exercise standpoint. It's just going to give you something different to focus on. And without it, again, you're 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 rolling the dice in life at this point. You know, to your point of how many like the uptick just on the day to day like occurrence of violence. It really is a thing now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, I don't know, like th- there's ebbs and flows in society and, and I'm sure it will level off at some point, but that doesn't mean that just cause it levels off at some point you get to then go, I don't need to do that anymore. Again, like a, a very innocent situation in a grocery store can turn very bizarre quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, bizarre. And you've mentioned a few times, um, you know, the, the comfort level, right? So if you're not mm-hmm. used to having someone's hands on you and the pressure and the elevation and heart rate, right? There's so much that can happen in a matter of seconds versus if that's something you're doing two, three, four times a week. And that's just like sort of what you've become numb to and adapted to, to some level, mm-hmm. that's, that's a just that in and of itself, regardless even of your skill set. I think that's its own separate skill set, being able to be at peace with or at least comfortable and have that situational awareness of being in a physical altercation, right? Versus someone that hasn't had, you know, push them up against the wall or drop down to the gr- ground and now someone's on them mounted, right? Like they, that's just panic mode central. And, you know, that leads to bad things. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think people don't understand the, the, the physiological effects that something like that happens when people start to panic. Right. So again, going back to the swimming thing, right. You know, you see panic, people panicking while they're swimming when they start to feel like they're going to drown. And I'm, and if anyone's ever been in that situation, I'm sure they have the fear of losing their life is actually a reality for the first time for some people mm-hmm. um, in that circumstance. And they, it's abandoned ship in their brain for, for like, they're just freak out. They just lose all, all sensibilities. Right. So when you're to your point, like people don't understand like that, that same type of reaction can and will happen. And I, and I'll give you this, like there's grown men that I've trained with who've been training for years 
that have never trained with someone like myself who creates the type of pressure I do, yep. that I that I've given them panic attacks. Sure, grown grown men that have, they had to step off the mat and stuff because they've never felt that type of pressure before. That's not it's not a joke. I'm I'm being <laughs> being serious that I've actually given people panic, and these are people who have adapted to grappling like mm-hmm. for a long time. So someone who says like, I'm not worried about it or something. I'm like, I, that's fine. I'm like, I'm, I hope you live to be a hundred and you never have a curse word with somebody ever. You know what I mean? And I hope you never cross anybody and you get no, no altercation ever. The reality of the situation is it's probably not going to be the case. And you know, it's like whether or not you act, whether or not an argument with somebody ever turns physical is kind of, it's kind of just to the side of the fact of being comfortable with it going that direction. Mm-hmm. Meaning to your point, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens when, when physical altercations happen. And if you're not prepared and your energy systems and your, your, your ability, your nervous system is not ready to deal with that, that fight or flight response, mm-hmm. you're going to be, your body's going to let you down. And that's just the fact of the matter. You are not going to rise to the occasion. Um, a repressed superpower like Spider-Man is not going to come out of somewhere all of a sudden, <laughs> you're gonna, you know, like it's not happening and you have to, and it's like, again, it's not fear. It's like, it's like, you're just, it's not going to happen. It would be the same way if there was a medical emergency and you're not all of a sudden going to turn into a, you know, an, an emergency room doctor all of a sudden and be a, with all of this knowledge to help somebody in a triage situation. It's just not going to happen. So you can't, you wouldn't expect it to happen in anything else. But there's a handful of things in life that people overestimate no matter who who they are without the knowledge. They just know something about it for some reason. And yeah. maybe it's because, like we were discussing earlier, that, that grappling, you know, wrestling and things like that are so natural. You see animals do it because people have a kind of inherent ability to kind of like know, like to, to grapple with somebody. They think that mm-hmm. they'll just do it. Or, and it will just come naturally or something like that. But I, I, I just always tell people, I go, yeah, you really want to, you really want to, you know, you really want to hang your hat on that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I just think it's, I think for all the benefits of joining a combat sports gym, and I'm sure you can speak to that before you were involved in one into now after being involved in one besides exercise, the, the kind of community that a lot of people have, because the cross-section of life that exists in these gyms are very, very unique, meaning you have everybody from every different walk of life. You have the college kids and you have the, the, the stay-at-home parents and you have the working professionals of all different sorts. And it's every part of that spectrum in between there. So you get to know people that you may have never had a day-to-day relationship with. And now there's some of your most, you know, close friends because of being involved in this. So, and like, I, I, there's so many benefits in a lot of times when people talk about it. And that's why I try to, I try to always bring it back to the fact that, Hey, this is exercise. If nothing else, this is also going to give you a life skill that you would have not had if you didn't join this gym. And the, you know, you're going to develop a tremendous, or you may not like you may, people don't have to have that social aspect of it either. I tell people that too, when I'm talking about, it, I go, you may find that a lot of people in here are your speed in terms of socially and you, or you may not, you don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to be involved. But the thing is, is if you want to be, 
these people are all here. And a lot of people are here for a variety of different reasons, but everyone, the emphasis is the training and the exercise that you'll get out of it. And the, you know, there's a lot of other benefits like you were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. So, yeah, you know, so let's say someone listens to this talk with me and you and uh, they, they joined a gym, they're a brand new white belt, you know, they're nervous, you know, maybe they've gone to, you know, a few classes and sort of were humbled. What kind of advice do you give this person? I, I always tell people this, I go, this is a, <clears throat> excuse me, the days are going to pass regardless. Meaning today is going to come and go. Tomorrow is going to come and go. Like it may be easy right now, but the, or it may be difficult right now, but the only way it gets easier, because I don't think it'll ever be easy. Even for, for someone like myself, who's been doing it an entire lifetime, it's never easy. Like there's days where I'm just like, you know what? I'll throw my stuff away today. You know, it, it's never easy, mm-hmm. but it get, the only way it gets easier is that you get more skilled by showing up. And you get more comfortable to the point that we were making earlier. And you start to learn how to become comfortable in these very uncomfortable situations. And it only comes from the consistency of showing up. You may never, and and this is the other thing, and people be like, oh, I was really tired from work. Yeah, but you showed up. And And that in and of itself is great because I can't help you from your couch. Like there's no way that your hologram can be buzzed into class and I can help you. Like you got to show up. And the fact that you show up is the most important part. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it will get better. You will get better. You will get more comfortable. You will start to get those abilities that you were seeking to begin with, right? Like that's what you, you came in here for a reason. And you'll start to get those things and you'll start to piece them together. And even if it's just the smallest thing at first. And that's why, and even my most advanced students and even myself, like I always tell people, I go like, when you're having a difficult time, you got to simplify it. So instead of looking at a specific technique or a big, I go like, learn to win the small battles, meaning the grip fighting, the head position and things like that every single day. Like if you've just been having a garbage week of training, it's like, are you winning those battles? No. Okay. Then why don't we try to really work on that? Because if the person can't grab you with their hands, right? Unless there's some sort of like, you know, you know, wizard that I don't know exists, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're going to have to put hands on you. And if you can mitigate their ability to like grab you and then manipulate you, you're actually going to be able to do something to the person. Meaning if nothing else, you're keeping it neutral. They're not able to do anything offensive. So it's like, if you can start doing that type of stuff, it goes a long way. So I always, I always tell those people and 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 it can be the most new student we have. Or the most advanced student. If you're struggling, you know, you got to simplify it and then show up as much as you can. And if you're doing that, then we're doing everything that you're doing everything possible and I'll help you along the way. And I, that's the other, the thing I really try to emphasize with my students. I try to have a very clear path communication between us. And I try to make myself as readily available all the time with them. So I'm always on the mats. I teach all the classes I'm always there for them because it's super important to be able to go, Hey, well, I'm on the mat with you today. How can I help you? Cause I know some people are super busy and they only maybe will train three times a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to be there to be able to go, Hey, you know, what, what's the problem? What can we work on? What, what were you running into today? And things like that. And that's a big thing is like, talk to the people. If you're a newer person, talk to the other people that have been there longer, talk to the people that hail that, 
are, are doing things to you that you find difficult to deal with because if they're doing them to you, they typically know how to reverse engineer it to defend it. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to give you some idea of what you're doing wrong. And again, it's a community based on people just being like really cool to each other because it's difficult not to be cool to people <laughs> when you're you're beating each other up. Meaning if sure. you're not cool, someone's going to beat you sure. up <laughs> pretty yes. quick. It's a hierarchy it, that, that comes full it, circle. <laughs> it, it, it's really evident. And that doesn't mean that people aren't going to do things to annoy each other or make each other mad. And, and I, when, and it happens in my, happens in my gym and I never get involved. I let the adult discuss it with each other and they always hash it out. And it's always, and it's always a non-issue, but that doesn't like, it doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to be involved in a community that really self-regulates. So talk to each other and whether you're struggling with a technique or anything, just, just have conversations with people. And you would be surprised that the person who looks like they never want to talk to anybody will probably be the most chatty person given the, given the, the opportunity to talk to you, especially about this. This is some people's, this is their thing. Meaning almost every other walk of life, they're very introverted. They don't speak. I'm very quiet person. I'm always, I I enter a place and I, I keep to myself. And I've had people tell me for many years that they thought I was mean in a lot of circumstances, but they've never actually spoken to me or heard, heard me speak or things like that. But I'm very, I, I keep to myself. I'm very quiet. Uh, but if you want to talk about things that I'm passionate about, I'll talk all day. And I think that's the thing I, I tell people all the time. I go talk to these people. I go, like, you'll be surprised at how chatty they actually are given the, given the opportunity. They just may be shy. I'm, I'm a shy, quiet person. So I can, I can relate to people that, I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's great advice. That... I want to take a moment and thank our show sponsors, Lombardi Chiropractic, Sutmeyer Law Firm, and Native Path Supplements. These are companies we personally use and trust. Mention the Co-Movement Gym podcast when you call Lombardi Chiropractic or Sutmeyer Law Firm. And not only will they treat you like family, they will provide a nice, enticing discount to all listeners. And use code COMO15, that's C-O-M-O-15 at checkout when shopping at nativepath.com and receive 15% off all of your orders. Your support to our show sponsors assists in us paying for expenses and continuing to provide content we hope you all enjoy. 